peek behind the curtain of the Softly Training Lab with the Softly Performance Podcast. The pinnacle of human performance is out there, and we intend to find it. And we're recording. Hey guys, welcome back to the Softly Performance Podcast. We are back with the crew, our in-house registered dietitian, Brooke West. I mean, so yeah, she's actually really happy to be here. She decided to start doing two fingers like she's doing goalposts and going left <laughs> and right. Um, I'm, I don't know. We are live now, so you can talk. And I then can. We do, I can. Then we do got my co-host, Chris Van Brink. So what are we gonna do? We gotta He's do the, the physical alteration specialist. Yes, physical alteration. No, alteration. That fits too. Actually, it does. It does fit. It fits perfect. And new title. So I am the physical alteration specialist of Softleet, helping you to shape all those unwanted areas of your body into something useful. And then we also have on. She's been on the show before. She is one of our favorites. Jamie, hello. Welcome back. Thank you. Uh, the favorite. The favorite, yes. The favorite. She's the, a favorite. The, the Jamie Christensen, strong lady. She does things. everything. Well, yeah. So welcome back, guys. We are going to bring you a pretty interesting topic today. I'm going to be playing a little bit of devil's advocate against Chris just because I want to pick on him today oh. and haven't had to pick on him. I think this trip for me this time back out here, we've gone, we bonded really well. So this is finally due. And the only place to make that happen is on the Softly Performance podcast. Thing one and thing two. Thing one and thing two. So if you guys are trying to figure it out, because I'm pretty sure this is going to come out after our last one. And we, we've been labeled by Brooke thing one and thing two yeah, due to the fact of our um, brother-like um, I guess traits that we are not traits so uh, behaviors that we the do the banter is my favorite the banters is that we have with each other they have gotten less over time we have bonded but I do miss them so I'm gonna go I'm and pretty sure you. I think that was a Dr. Seuss thing it was it is, yes. it is a Dr. Dr. Seuss, Seuss thing green eggs and ham okay <laughs> on, on that note um, today we are gonna talk about it we are we are in a season of all kinds of bad habits, right? So we're in the, we're in the holiday season, which is a wonderful season. Don't get me wrong, but let's be honest: the season is notorious for oh, call it gluttony, indulgence, <laughs> indulgence, right? So we're 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 false the, expectations. The, Let's yes. just say it: eating and drinking like an asshole. Eating and drinking like an asshole, right? And so and what fun. this what this season always tees us up for, and and it's the it's the highlight of the fitness industry's year, is the famous New Year's resolution, and and why we make New Year's resolutions, and so yeah, and 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 we're not. I don't want to say well. Let me take that step back. You can say that New Year's resolutions are bullshit. There's really no difference between January 1st and December 31st. Well, there are. There, there are legit months between them two. That's why there's 12 months, Chris. There's 24 hours between December 31st and January 1st. <laughs> <True. laughs> exactly. But you are, you, are not, you are not a different person. <laughs> However, what, what we are trying to advocate is, is there is a responsible and productive way to go about goal setting as opposed to trying to make it seasonal. Now, honestly, if you, if you kind of look back, and I'll, I'm going to try to frame this big picture, and then I'm going to bring it in and make it all meaningful, right? So so New Year's resolutions actually, believe it or not, does anyone know who started New Year's resolutions? Of course Chris knows who started New Year's resolution. Yeah. Out of out of everybody. Our Chris history was, buff. Our history buff. Yeah, yeah. So actually, so so 
the Babylonians were originally credited with coming up with the first idea of what they called the New Year's resolution. And, and what they were essentially celebrating at the time was, if you notice, we're in a season of change. So the years, and they noticed the time, try like the days got shorter and darker and the sun started to go away. And then eventually the sun came back and the days were longer. So there's a, there's a season of change that happens right around this time. And it's called it winter. Was, well, before people called it such things, um, this predates that. The, the idea was that in this season of change, it was customary to dedicate some sort of resolution to the gods, right? Some sort of commitment that you were going to show in this season of change that allowed them to look upon you with favor, right? And Almost like to give thanks for the previous year. Correct, exactly. I mean, to, to kind of be thankful, to kind of look inward and be like, I'm going to be, and, and usually they were, this is where we really start to see kind of these self-motivated type of resolutions. And you fast forward that to, you know, the Roman era where you have, you know, the month of January named after the god Janus by Julius Caesar in the Julian calendar. Janus is the two-faced god that one looks back and forward and you saw Romans adopt this same practice of committing to a seasonal change within an individual. So this is the time when, for whatever reason, and then, but as we've kind of continued, right, our goals and the things that we've tried to do have become much more selfish, call it that. I mean, or, or they lack depth, right? So we're not so much looking at a time of you know, really personal commitment. The thing that we're kind of looking at, especially in our industry, is the the weight loss, like the five, 10 pounds, you the know, aesthetic. we're burning that off, you know, and, 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 and I'll, I'll kind of kick this off from the coaching side and everyone can obviously, I admit I've set New Year's resolutions before. Um, and, and yes, admittedly, I failed. And the reason why I failed is the reason why I kind of believe that everyone else probably fails in that you try to make too big of a change at one time, right? And when you look at the, you know, the the proclaimed pairing of fitness and nutrition, especially for people who don't really have a lot of experience with, you know, prolonged periods of periodized training and fitness, when they try to take on the all these goals at once, it becomes very overwhelming to the point where like, you got the gym membership, then you got to get the clothes and then you got to get the diet right. Then you got to, you know, get the workout program right. And then before you know it, you've committed to a lifestyle that's just overwhelming and so drastically different than what you've been living the two months prior in the holiday season and probably arguably even the rest of the year that come the time, you know, you try to take all this on in January, you're usually burnt out by about March or April, which is... If you make it that far. If you make it that far, right? So... So historically speaking, that's error number one, right? So your New Year's resolutions become bullshit, in my opinion, when one, you way overstep the aggressiveness of your own commitment and you you lose sight of, you know, just how much it really takes to kind of be these things and do the things that you really want to do. So yeah. I mean, and on that note, like you're not a different person. When True. you when you make these goals, you are the same person you were the day before. So how are you setting yourself up for success when you've changed nothing to support the goals that now you're trying to set? Yeah, and, and you know, that's a great point because we, we talked about this a little bit yesterday in our other podcast that we did in that 
some people, when you guys set your goals, everyone like really, I think, oversteps this transformative aspect. And like they try to be someone that they're not, right? Like if, you know, you're not going to, you're not ever going to become a different person, right? If I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a six foot, you know, 200 pound guy. If I make a new year's resolution, being man, I really want to work towards becoming an Olympic gymnast. That's not going to work out very well in my favor. I'm setting myself up for failure because I fail to manage my own expectations. So, you know, understand that when you guys commit to these types of resolutions, you're not going to change who you are. You will always be you. And, but that being said, there are ways and there are things that you can do to help the transformative aspect. And then in that you can pursue things within your, call it genetic capability, right? Fair. I like the idea that you mentioned it has to do with kind of looking back and being thankful and seeing what you've accomplished and then looking forward. I guess my argument is why do we only do that once a year? Like why are we only thinking once a year we need to oh, do a check-in to valid see because it's popular where we're going. and people talk about it. And so yeah. it reminds you that, oh yeah, I totally did want to be a different person last year. Um, but this year well, is, is a different year. I think we're going to do it this year. If, I my my take on that because that that's a that's a valid point, but I think it comes down and and even as a as a tenant of goal setting, it comes down to accountability. It's easier to do something when you feel that everyone around you is also doing the same thing. So you know if everyone around you is setting these New Year's resolutions and committing to some sort of change, it's easy to get in the mindset of like, oh okay, this is just the time to do it. But you're absolutely right, Brooke, in the sense that you know you there is no difference. That's to say, there's no difference looking at the devil's advocate across the table. There's no <laughs> difference in self between the self that's on December 31st and January 1st in the sense that January 1st is no different than March 22nd or April 15th. Like, I think that's tax day, but anyway. April 15th, turbo tax, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, in the sense that these, you know, these types of... And I, I think ultimately what this year really means to people is a catalyst, right? So like seasons are catalysts for change. So you notice in fall, you notice the colors of the leaves change. Like there's a, there's a change in the environment around you. You know, when the days become shorter and over advice the you know, the, the days becoming longer, there's a change in environment. You know, a lot of people, you know, they, you know, the holidays, like I said, we're all inside cause it's cold we're celebrating these, you know, festive events like Christmas and Thanksgiving or Hanukkah or whatever your religion denotes. Um, so we are, we're partaking in these communal events that, you know, everyone else around us is doing. So we, I think people, albeit most people are sheepish in the sense that they just kind of follow the, the tide. Um, you know, people are partaking in events that they believe this is the time of year to do. When but still, there's nothing wrong with going to a Christmas party and like having a couple of drinks or eating whatever you want. Like, that's fine. It's just don't throw your healthy habits out the fucking window once you have like two Christmas parties. And you're like, well, I don't need to work out this month. It's fine. I've got January 1st. Well, the issue I think is they don't have healthy habits to begin with in a lot of cases. Very true. So they, they don't even... They haven't done research. They don't know what they're doing. They decide January 1st, I'm going to lose 20 pounds. But they, what do you do? You so, know what I'm saying? Like they. So this is where 
you know, keep going to the aspect of like, you're never a different person from January 1st to December 31st, right? Like that's what we're looking at. You're not a different person. You're not going to be changing who you are when you're trying to do these new new year's resolutions. But the thing is those, what if they need to become a different person so that they're able to make these changes, right? Because again, you just mentioned it. They're this person December 1st to December 31st. There's 24 hours between December 31st and January 1st. They haven't done no research. They have done none of that stuff. They come into this January 1st to go ahead and try and make this change. And we're telling, we're talking about, you're not gonna become a different person. Well, of course not, because you did nothing to prep yourself to get you ready for change. Well, so I have, I have a, I have a, personally, I have a, I have a working theory on why that is. And a lot of it has to do with the way human beings perceive time. I'll bring it all back around. I promise. So I open the question up to the table. Just come, just answer with whatever comes to mind first, right? Do you guys look forward to the weekends or holiday or the weekends or weekdays more? I, I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't look forward to any weekends or weekdays. I just kind of take it day by day. Sorry. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I, okay. Let me, let me rephrase. Is it safe to say that most people prefer weekends over weekdays? Oh, clearly. Easy, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. And that's because we work during the week. And Typically, we yeah. prepare like and, and we, you know, don't work on the weekends. All right. Perfect. Now, on our calendar, Saturday and Sunday are the weekend, right? Those are the weekend days. Do more people look forward to Friday or do more people look forward to Sunday? Friday. Friday. Why? And you don't want the Sunday scaries. Exactly. Because here's the thing, right? <laughs> it's a real Friday, thing. Friday is a weekday. Sunday is in fact a weekend, but because our focus is always forward, we're never actually enjoying the, <laughs> we're never enjoying the moment that we're in right now. We're always looking forward to the next one, which is why everyone looks forward to Friday, which is technically a work day. And no one looks forward to Sunday, which is technically a weekend because you're thinking about the next day. The reason why you're looking forward to Friday is because you have Saturday coming up next. The reason why you look, you hate and dread Sundays is because you have Monday coming up next. So the idea of being present in the moment that you're in right now is the most important moment that you're ever going to be in is a central tenet to really understanding that you're right. There is no difference between January 31st or, or excuse me, December 31st and January 1st. The most important moment is right now. Well, your mm -hmm. catalyst for change is right now, right? I so remember that, growing up the, um, like the one piece of advice that like my dad would always tell me is I was always really excited for the weekend. We used to carpool to work together and he was always like, but you're missing 90% of the week. Like if you only look forward to the weekend, what are you doing right. with the rest of your week? You're wasting it. Looking right. forward to two days. What are you doing with the other five? You have Correct. plenty of opportunity. What happens when you forget what day you're on? Yeah, right. <laughs> well, and that's and that's the thing. Like, but that's check but, your phone. I think that might be a good thing. What well, is? And that's but that's ultimately, you know, when when we talk about, you know, the the mindset behind resolution setting and goal setting, you know, we believe that, you know, just just as our as our culture would lead us to believe that we need some thing, some catalyst, some catalyst outside of ourselves because we are seemingly incapable of self-motivation because we're always looking to the next thing to be that cause of change. We're like, oh, I'll wait. Like, for example, what day does everyone start a workout on? Monday, right? Everyone starts working out on a Monday because they believe that that's like, oh, okay, I, I start. Need, yeah, that's the start day. 
And and that and that's that's simply an illusion. I mean that that is a cultural illusion because there's no difference between your body starting a fitness routine on a Tuesday and your body starting a fitness routine on a Monday, right? I mean, I think the the thing that we would advocate for, especially in this season in particular, if you're going to use your time for anything, use the season, use every moment of this season, if you're going to use it for anything, use it for introspection, right? So, so understanding yourself and appreciating the moment that you're in will allow you to make better resolutions that aren't going to fizzle out come March or April, you know, and it will cause you to to understand what the problem really is. Because we talked about, you know, with Kaylee, uh, Brooke's, you know, nerdy nutritionist friend, which I love you guys. You guys all nerd out. Registered so. dietitian, nutritionist, same thing. Yeah. Okay. Oh, they, didn't, <laughs> they didn't go to like a, a school oh, I know, for right? it. One's the weekend certification. One's the, one's the master's program. <laughs> uh, right. Registered dietitian friend. Um, and one thing that I thought was, was really, really powerful was that like, you know, in her practice, how dare you, how dare you metabolic magicians or vegetable evangelists is what we're going to start <laughs> referring to you guys. As. Um, one thing that I thought was really powerful was that, you know, we saw, you know, in, in her practice, she looked at the causal factors of the chronic overeating and the poor nutrition and the poor lifestyle choices as being a result of some other stressor. It always is. The food is never about the food. Right. The The goals are usually not even about, like if your goal is to lose 20 pounds, what, why, why do you exactly. want to lose 20 pounds? And that's, and, and that's why I think ultimately new year's resolutions, the surface level new year's resolutions are bullshit is because people only try to treat the symptoms of what's actually wrong. So something caused a person to gain 20 pounds, you know, if you look at it that way, that's like trying to cure an illness by only treating the symptoms and not removing the problem, right? So if you're going to commit to anything in the new year, commit to understanding what the problem actually is. And here's the thing. Don't wait to the fucking new year to fix it. Like The minute, in my opinion, the minute you are thinking about, like, I want to be more active, I want to lose weight or do whatever it is, the, the minute that that thought is in your head and you commit to saying, I'm going to do this, that fucking second, go do the thing. Don't start off your goal by procrastinating because that's setting the trend to continue to procrastinate. It could be 2 a.m. and you're like, I'm going to start walking on the treadmill a mile every day. Go, if you have one, go walk on the treadmill. Like right then and there start it and yeah, then you're like that's extreme yeah that but seriously that's it what it sense, takes though. because you have to have that catalyst that literally shakes the system they say there's a reason that addicts don't become sober until they hit rock bottom right and there's there's a need that drives a certain that drives a certain behavior at the end so of the day so capitalize on the moment when you're in the moment and you will be a hundred times more successful for sure just do it when you say i'm gonna start doing a boxing class. I want to start going to BJJ. I want to start whatever it is. Literally that moment, pick up the phone, make the like, appointment, make do your it. Appointment, yeah. Commit. Don't procrastinate. Don't start a new you, new year, new you by procrastination. What What the hell is, I mean, why? I 110% agree. 
I can agree with that too on that one. I'm not gonna play devil's advocate on that. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I was gonna say. I mean, but you've been quiet. I, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting, listening. I'm waiting for the devil's advocate to come out. I already and, dropped well, one a minute ago. And advocate for the well. Yes, you. Here's just, a point I do want to bring up too that we should address. I think New Year's has a lot of peer pressure and everyone's like, well, everyone's setting goals. I need to set this big, crazy goal. And I think that's not why you should do something. If you're intrinsically motivated by other people, that only gets you so far. And the, at the end of the day, you ha- it has to be something from within that you really want to do for you. It's not about other people. It's not about sounding cool and impressing someone by telling them what you want to do. Don't talk about it. Be Go about do it. it. Yeah, just yeah. do it. And, and real quick, for people to understand like what drives our behavior, right? We, we end up creating this need in our life, right? We create this need that ends up creating a drive that allows us to fulfill that need, which is that behavior. You know, for example, I'm thirsty. I feel dehydrated. I'm Create driven. the need. Yeah. yeah. I'm, or no, I, the need has already been there because yeah. I didn't drink water. Now all of a sudden, to go ahead and facilitate that need, I'm going to, behavior is going to go ahead and drink water, right? Because I don't want to die. Yeah. <laughs> That's literally what it is. If I don't drink enough water, I'm going to be dehydrated, whatever reason it is. Yeah. So if we can sit here and, and, and have the human being understand that there's always going to be a drive to a certain behavior due to the need in your life. And sometimes you're going to have to sit there and dig deep and figure out what that need is. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, if you don't figure out what that need is, you're never going to create the proper behavior to go ahead and drive towards fulfilling that need. Well, and I think that's when a lot of people, there's two types of motivation, right? There's extrinsic motivation, which comes from external factors, right? A good song, your friend starts training, um, you get a a diagnosis that you don't like, something happens to you, or around you, right? That that's that causes you to take action. And then there's intrinsic motivation, which is something that comes from within, right? Your internal drive, something that may have happened to your past that you just don't want to repeat some memory, some experience, whatever it is, right? Just something that's inside of you. And I think that while both are valuable, I think one is sustainable, whereas one is fleeting, right? Your playlist becomes monotonous or, you know, you you cure whatever ailment you were diagnosed with. Okay, so now what? What's going what's gonna to keep you going when that external motivation is no longer there? And that's huge, right? Because of the fact that we have to understand this comes down to the whole goal setting too that we've talked about previously. And it comes down to that, first off, willpower. Right. We have to create a willpower to go ahead and drive us to do something. And that needs to be trained. And that does need, and it does need to be trained, but it also, and, and how do, and so the question is, how do we train someone in that realm? Right. And I don't have the answer to that all, all I know is that, well, we need to be able to create some kind of behavior that's going to go ahead and drive the willpower. There's a right? lot of, that's what I studied, did my master's on was like health behavior yeah. theory. Uh-huh. There's a ton of different, yeah, there's a ton of different ways, ways to go to about go, it that are better for certain people. That are, yeah. Exactly. Different personalities mm-hmm. end right. up having different ways and realistically, not everyone's going to be able to walk up to a, a, a to a doctor and be like, hey, what's my personality like? Or to a psychiatrist and be yeah. like, hey, what is what is my personality? What are my coping skills that I can do this? This comes through trial and error. Trial and error and starting small and realistic. You know, if you if you struggle with willpower, let's say you overeat, right? And what let's say you exercise like crazy, but you overeat, right? So you're you're consistently never showing off your hard work aesthetically, and let's say that's a goal. Starting small with willpower. Maybe just one day a week, do one thing different, right? And then when that becomes a habit, maybe add another bad habit in there that you can now focus on breaking. You're just starting small 
and knocking out and becoming consistent with one thing at a time and training that willpower. Hey, I stopped eating a Snickers, you know, on my lunch every, you know, and then once a week became twice a week, became three times a week. And pretty sure, you know, pretty soon you don't even want it anymore. You know, you've, you've broken that habit. You've demonstrated that you are capable of willpower. What next? Yeah. And, and then also too, on the flip side of that, there are some personalities who can't go about that because even having just a little bit causes a trigger, which makes them now what turn around and go back to what they were doing. So this is sometimes where we have to see yeah. where you have to go cold turkey, where that same example that you just mentioned, Jamie, was like, literally, you're thinking about it right now and then you have to make it happen right just, there and then. Yeah. You just need to cut it cold, cold turkey. Right. And and this kind of leads me to this next point, too, is when I go ahead and think about New Year's resolutions and I look at, you know, what did my past year look like? You know, how successful did I feel in my year? How well did I, what can I change going into 2019, I think is a better way to look at it. Mm-hmm. Right. Because if I can look at how can I change my behaviors and my actions and the environment that I put myself in when in 2018 and I can sit there and, re- and like look back and be like, well, I didn't like this time period. Well, why was that? What, what was going on? Yeah. Right. Because at the end of the day, you're only going to go ahead and adapt and evolve to the environment that you're going to be in. That yeah. is what's going to happen. Well, and I think what takes what what that requires um, like Chris was talking about was introspective thoughts. Right. Actually looking at your own accountability to the way that your life is and stop saying it's because of this or because of that. You're not a victim. And I think that when people can start saying this is a position that I put myself in, right or wrong, I made choices, 100%. right? But that's an uncomfortable thing. It's very and humans seek comfort, 100%. right? Yeah. And so being retrospective and, and turning inside and really analyzing and critiquing yourself and your own actions and, and the fault that you play in where your life is, good or bad. Good or bad, yeah. Um, is uncomfortable it's and people uncomfortable. avoid it. And, and it goes back to the same idea where we look at now, we can talk about pleasure, right? Yeah. Because when I look at pleasure, pleasure is uh, is something that we everyone strives for, right? Everyone likes to be comfortable, like you mentioned, which I look as comfortable is just a feeling that we get to have. Mm-hmm. The emotion from that com- comfort is pleasure. And it, I think that the the thing that if people were to really try to do, they would win, right? Is to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah, 100%. And if you can harden, right, yourself to just bearing it and, and enduring it, man. It was, it's funny. It's a lot of growth that happens, yeah. I think, in those moments. As, you know, they suck in the moment. You're like, this is uncomfortable, right? right. This causes anxiety or whatever it is for you. But, but then you get that runner's high. One, you do. One thing, I, it's, it pays off. One thing I did learn, and when we're talking about this now, we're going to go a little bit, but I remember being at mile, like, I looked down at my, back during my 100-mile race during Kodiak 100. And I remember looking down at my watch it was like 76.3 like miles. Yeah. And I dropped down to like a 30, 40 minute mile pace just because I hit a hole. I had some really bad problems with my feet. I mean, yeah. it was a fucking train wreck, right? Lesson, lessons learned. Yeah. But I remember that I had to make the time cutoff within like a certain time period. And I was way ahead of that cutoff going up the mountain, turning around now. I couldn't even walk back down due to the fact of like these blisters on my feet are the size of like China's. And I posted fo- photos yeah, on my I Instagram. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Shout that out to Doc gnarly. Spartan. Thank you for your ointment, guys. <laughs> <laughs> dude, um, Dale's such a good I dude. I love Dale so much. Um, but that ended up happening, right? And I remember walking back down that mountain slow as fuck. 
I mean, slow as fuck. And all I could, during that, you know, whole time I was feeling sorry for myself and feeling sorry for myself. And I was trying to find every single reason to blame someone else for why I was there. Yeah. And it took me six miles over 3K invert to realize that I put myself there. Yeah. That I was the one that paid and I had people support me and sponsor me to do this. But at the, at the end of the day. Yeah. It's you. I was the one that wanted to do this. Dude, and you know what's crazy? When I did that 100,000 row, the 100,000 meter row, it was about 70 some thousand meters where you just, you hit the fucking wall. Because the first 50, you still have that hype going, right? You're like, yeah, we're doing this. Your, your, your timing's good. Your pacing's good. Everything's good. And then you were there. We took that break. And then getting back on from like 50 to 75, man, 75 hit. And you were like, I still have another shit yeah <laughs> it, it sets in and it comes down to the point of realizing like okay who put yourself in that position yeah own and, it and and when i look at it now in everyday mm-hmm. life now it's kind of one of those things it's like well y- if you're in a low right now in life how about you go ahead and look back at all the actions that you have done to mm-hmm. up to that point and figure out what it was that you did because guess what you can reverse that if you know what you did because yeah i guarantee when i realized that hey i'm the only one that put myself there I found that like internal motivation to get me moving. Now I went from 30, 40 minute mile paces back to a 20 with my feet fucked up. Yeah, we were back and it was going down the mountain. Yes, I was kind of back into that, but it was at the very back end towards it. And that's kind of what happened. But at the same time though, right? When we go ahead and look at the Maslow hierarchy of needs triangle, right? What's the very first, first bottom portion of that? Food and water. Food and water, right? We, it's needs, it's survival. And at the end of the day, we, if that's covered, people are not going to feel to move anywhere else up that chain, right? They, they're not going to want to move up that chain at all. Why? No. Because a certain need is taken care of already. They're comfortable. Certain people. Yeah, certain people. But yeah. when we say certain people, 98% of the, of, of the population is that way. Is that they're, they're complacent. They, they start making, you know, they, they hit an uncomfortable choice, right? So they make a compromise for whatever reason and they take the easier choice, right? Okay, that's not such a big deal until the next big choice happens. And what pattern have you set? You're going to be complacent and you're going to take the easier choice. Because it, because again, that that feeling was was comfortable, right? I was super comfortable in what I just did. It didn't change anything in my life. Again, right. going back to the same point and me believing that you need to become a different person for you to see change no matter what. Why? Because if you don't become a different person, you're just going to go right back to the same things. I think that it's not so much, maybe our verbiage is off. Maybe it's not so much becoming a totally different person. You're always going to be the same person. But I think what a lot of people do is they don't learn from who they are. Does that make sense? And so you can't become a better version of you without owning and taking responsibility for the person that you you have been. Like me personally, I am not any different than I was 10 years ago, except I make way fucking different choices now. Yeah. I'm still the same person. But, but it's because of the fact of you realize the actions that you made back in those days mm-hmm. created a certain outcome. And guess what? Once you learn that you can control your outcomes, you yeah. have the key to life. But I never, ever, ever want to forget who I was then because any little time complacency steps in, how fast I could go back there. 
right? So you never want to completely change who you are and forget who you who you were. Yeah. It, you know, one thing I want to bring up too is like that that feeling of actually feeling really good about that change. Yeah. Like we were talking about it pre-show, you know, about addiction and, and having buddies who, you know, whatever else and more power to my buddy right now, he's fucking killing it. But yeah. The similarities that it was really cool was to be able to know that when I wake up in the morning from not drinking anymore and, and completely sober, it's like it feels really good not to feel like a robot or feel yeah. like a zombie walking. You're actually a f- you're functional. You know what's going on. You're actually able to be present. You're now. not lethargic and still recovering. You you're know, not like a slave to something else. So kind yeah. of. To, to relate this liberating. to yeah, to, Li- it's a very liberating. <laughs> liberating. Right? Yeah, liberating. Right. It's a very it's a very it's a very free like feeling. Right. Yeah. You're able to feel present now. You're like, wow, I know what I know what empathy is. I know what it feels like to feel like, oh wow, my hormones are coming back to normal. I'm yeah. getting, like my body's creating serotonin to give me this dopamine. And like, your memory, like you actually remember what the fuck you did now and you you create memories that you can look back on and smile instead of being like, wait, what, where, what? You were there? I don't remember seeing you. Yeah. Well, um, okay. You know, you don't remember shit. And, and the biggest part there, you know, was the same exact thing in the idea of like creating change for yourself in the next year. Right. Because that's how I'm going to frame this. I know, you know, we're talking about creating goals, but for if anybody's like taking anything from like what I'm trying to explain and like when we gather all this together at the end of the day, like my portion is I'm not trying to have goals set for the year. I want to create different changes in behavior that I had from 2018 to 2019 to keep me moving because I'm going to go ahead and everyone talks about we only remember the, the bad times. Right. I remember the bad times, but since I've been able to be more open-minded and have empathy, I actually now remember the good times. And oh, I know yeah. what those good times feel like. And you're like. grateful. And you're super grateful. Yeah. There's gratitude, right? And yeah. I'm like, man, I want to create more memories and create more of those feelings and right. emotions that I'm actually able because they are like, even though sometimes they might be very uncomfortable, some of the most uncomfortable things is going to be the most pleasurable thing. Well, looking back on. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I feel like if... If you look at any athlete, right, whether they're a strength athlete, an endurance athlete, whatever it is that that they that they do, um, it's not pleasurable to train sometimes the way no. that we train. Fuck no. It hurts, and it. I mean, there's risk of injury, so you have fear. Um, you're cut. You're bleeding. You blistered. I mean, whatever it is, right? It's not pleasurable, but. The feeling of accomplishment when you do set a goal with your training, you're going to run 100K, you're going to row 100,000 meters, you're going to deadlift, you know, whatever, and you hit that goal, that is enough of a reward to make the rest of it worth it. You know, it's funny, the saying I used to tell uh, tell my guys when I used to be an instructor at the schoolhouse, I was like, uh, I was like, quitting lasts forever. Or I was like, uh, yeah, I was like, quitting to be a recon marine lasts forever. Remember that. Because, again, if you quit, that lasts forever in your life. Like, oh yeah, you yeah, can't like, get that back. You can't get that back, right? And even like, if let's say you reapply and you and you go to go through it again, and let's say you succeed, you are, you were always the guy that rang the bell. Yeah, and then no now what. now you can look at it and be like, okay, cool. Well, you know what? You know, quitting lasts forever, but being a recon marine, you know, actually out trumps you know oh, yeah. all that. Oh yeah. Or being like whatever your goal setting or whatever you want to. I just use it on my students, just a sure. way to keep moving them. You know, during times of like you know certain portions, and it was always it's that I, that. One saying I always believe in it and I use it in my head still to this day and I live by it is OMS, which is one more step, mm-hmm. right? Like if you can look at it and be like, okay, cool, let's just take the next step and what's going to happen? Like I'm just going to be present. I'm going to see what's going on, but that's fine. Like that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's where we're going to be at. And you should I think- really apply that to your whole life too because yeah. instead of kind of 
burdening yourself with all of a sudden I need to make all these changes. What if you just thought of your goals and where you want to go as like one more step? Like, that's exa- oh, I did this exactly. one little thing. So what's the next stepping so stone? That's kind of like where I've kind of like, we're talking about theory, something, you know, here's a theory that I kind of came up with going into like a, of a goal setting and creating like this change in, in who I am. And goals are just a part of the process, mm-hmm. right? It, it doesn't dictate who I am because you know what? You are going to fail probably when you're trying to achieve something really, really hard yeah. in your life. Yeah. And it's okay to fail. But if you understand that you are, you have a possibility of this happening, it does create this sense of fear, right? Which now means you are now creating a drive and a behavior to not to make that go yeah. away. So what what makes that go away? Well, that willpower that we have been mm-hmm. all thinking about, right? Yeah. So it's okay to have fear in something or what you're reaching for and chasing for because you know what it it creates it means that you will, care. It, well, you care, yeah, but it creates a willpower, mm-hmm. right? to make you succeed or, or make you drive to succeed and gives you that willpower to succeed. Well, and I think your goals have to be important enough too. Like today when I was training, Chris put me through this brutal deadlift wave, right? And I was on my last two pulls at 90% and I get up to the bar and it didn't leave the ground. And I was like, fuck, I was like so frustrated, right? So I like, I start like pacing, like I have to like get in my head and like, all I was thinking about in my head is what I know I want to pull the next time I compete. I want my goal, right? And so I know that in order for me to get there, I have to do this here. You know, I have to. That's the only way I'm going to get but, there. So that's where this comes into now. I read a book called The Growth Mindset. Um, yeah. It's from Dr. Uh, Dweck S. I think it's Dr. Dweck S or S. Dweck or whatever else. Um, and she said this. She, she goes, instead of setting big goals, set small goals. Mm-hmm. So it, so you actually have a stepping stone now to that main accomplishment because at the end of the day, you end up realizing what? You end up realizing that, oh, it's not about the pure accomplishment. I can look back at the 20,000 mm-hmm. steps that I took to get there mm-hmm. is actually what matters more. Somebody asked me, actually not that long ago, they were like, how do you keep going? Like you set a goal and you hit it. How, why, what makes you keep going? I'm already focused on the next one. I'm already focused on the next one. There's never, I'm going to, I'm going to do this and I'm done. I remember saying once I bench 200, I'll be happy. Once I deadlift 400, I'll be happy. And then I did it. Am I happy? Nope. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> now so, I want 500. Yeah, right. <laughs> now so I like want 250. <laughs> so that, that's where it comes to, right? So that's you challenging yourself now. It's a small goal that builds over and over you're and never over done. Again. And you're again, never done. So that goes to the same idea is like we're always evolving. So why not like again look at how I cre- what what behaviors that I have to create a certain outcome in 2018 that made me feel like shit. And it made me like question what the fuck I was doing. Yeah. And now it's like okay cool how about if I not do those things and learn cuz then guess what? Like I know one thing I've noticed is I'm a better communicator with you know with my loved ones. I am a better I'm present all the time. I have more yeah. empathy. I've noticed that my I'm super relaxed now. I'm kind of just here in that realm of just like all right, let's make it happen. And I, I think that's where, you know, the the idea of goal setting comes into going back to the change in behavior for the new year to create this new outcome is utilizing those goals as just steps to the next year mm-hmm. to allow for change so you can look back again and, and and not even that right we all we're all chasing pleasure it's literally what it's, it is yeah and that's what you do what makes you happy exactly um but at some point you have to understand that if what you're doing is making you happy in the moment that's you don't want a temporary 
mm, high, maybe, right? So yeah, going to the bar and hanging out with your friends every weekend is fun in the moment, but what kind of impact is that having on your entire life overall? Or like, what are you trying to go towards? Yeah, what are you working towards? Everything you do, I guess you need to ask yourself, is this serving my goal? Is this helping me achieve the big picture? Yeah, like how does this affect any part of my life? Is this going to be a negative outcome or is this going to be a positive outcome? Because if it's going to be a negative outcome, I'm probably not going to want to do that. But if I know that this is going to be a positive outcome, then I am. But again, the only way you figure that out is through trial and error. And slowing down and actually thinking about and being mindful and present in your your thought process and your actions. Instead of saying, yeah, I'm going to take that job right away, right? You know, or I'm going to quit my job, whatever it is. You have to think about what happens next. And after that, and after that, you have to like kind of try to look at the domino effect that that could have, good or bad. Well, I can hear you like sighing into the mic, Chris, what? (laughs) Oh, there's so much to say. They're all really good points. All really, really good points. Thank you, Professor Chris. I, oh man, where do I start? Okay. Um, from from my experience, uh, I know you guys all talked about goals of, you know, we've got Recon Marine, strong woman weightlifter, just awesome registered dietitian. I know I didn't go over any of my goals. My goals are very different. Well, so, so I, I guess one thing that I have come to realize in my not so old age and, and one thing that I think it is the, it should be, I think, a realization that everyone should have about their goals is number one, the only one who cares about your goals is you, right? And, and no one else will care as much as you do. And I think that's a very common misconception when we look at the difference between internal and external motivation. A lot of people try to do things because they think that everyone else depends and or cares what it is you're doing. Like your deadlift, like your, your weightlifting goal, like no one really besides me cared when I became a Green Beret. Like that was my goal for myself, right? And other people were impacted by it, but no one cared much as, as much about it as I did. Um, and that's like that fact, that realization caused me to shift my motivation from external to internal motivation. When I realized that really in the end of the day, no one really cares about my goals except for me. It doesn't mean that everyone is not impacted by them. Or that they don't support you in, in Correct. your goals. No, yeah, but, they are, but they yeah. are in fact your goals. And, I, and, and another thing, one of the things that I, another realization um, when it came to which goals I was pursuing is to not overstate the importance of it. I, and I guess to, to draw this point, I'll use a quote from the probably not so famous, I want to say it was the third Fast and Furious movie. <laughs> oh, here I was oh, expecting wow. I was expecting some, some like, like Buddhist monk I'll get, from I'll like get, I'll, get the deep, I'll get the deep quotes from The Alchemist <laughs> and I'll throw those in a little bit later and wow. you know Emerson's self-reliance. But but one thing about but it really struck me and, and I'm still and so, waiting for the quote. So okay, <laughs> so 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 here's here's the scene, right? So we got Han, they're on they're in Japan, right? And we is got this, this Paul Walker and Vin no, Diesel still. So this is like this is like that Texas, that Western kid who kind of like finds himself in Japan street racing. Oh, I don't think so. Anyway, so he's he's on the rooftop and they're in Japan and he's obviously very out of place. And and his friend Han kind of looks over and asks him, he's like, Why he's like, you know, why do you race? Like why why do you why do you race someone? And, and he responds with, to, to show that I'm better than the other guy in my, in my Western. That was his answer, <laughs> to show that he is better than the other guy. And Han looks back at him. He's like, you know, it doesn't mean that you're better. It just means that you have a faster car. 
right? Yeah. So, so a lot of people, when they think about like achieving these better versions of themselves, they use things like, oh, I'm going to, you know, I want to run a, a four minute mile. That's going to make me better. Like it's going to make you faster. Mm-hmm. That's not going to necessarily make you better, right? So, so understand the cost of your own goals when you pursue them because, because understanding what, what, what I didn't calculate, you know, like, yes, did I achieve a green beret? Sure. Damn right. I did. I was better <laughs> than the other soldiers. Right. But what did it cost me? It cost me years away from my kids. It cost me years away from my ex. It cost me years and time away from my family. Right. Do my kids look at me any differently because I was a Green Beret versus not? No, they knew me as dad, right? So when you look at the goals that you set, when you look at these things that you're trying to achieve, understand really what it's costing you in the long term, right? Being stronger is one thing. Being faster is one thing. But those don't necessarily equate to being better than despite anyone else. what social media well, leads you to believe. Was, that's where it goes into the whole idea too and, and – it's one of those things where I look at a lot of people end up creating this this new expectation towards that goal that they want to do, and they they so let's say we're going on the highway, we're, we're just, goals to drive straight. All of a sudden, a new goal comes up, two exits down the road, yeah. And instead of keep going straight and just realizing like, oh, that's a goal that I just got to work through. I'm not taking the exit to it fully. I'm going to exit a little bit, focus on the goal real quick, and then get back on the highway and continue going. Most people end up getting off the highway. Rest stop make, instead of a gas station. Exactly, yeah. right? Yeah, and, and and that ends up doing what to us? Like you're, you're talking about, that ends up leading and creating this expectation of that's actually our new identity that we got to right. work towards, and that's the problem right now. Well, I think yeah. that one of the one of the things that kind of struck me, and I know like I'm, I'm going to refer back to the other podcast we did, but there's something that I, you know, the, the more I thought about it, I was like, man, like this is the right approach to doing things. She's like, you know, don't make weight loss the goal. Make weight loss the byproduct of the goal. A thousand percent. Right? Your aesthetic. So, so it's like yeah. it's like make change, make make the necessary change that inevitably results in weight loss. Don't focus on losing the five pounds. Just focus on making the change in lifestyle that will ultimately result in a five pound loss. And it I will always, come. It yeah, will come. and it will come. Because, Be patient. So, if, what impact does a number on a scale actually mean? If you can do the things that you want to do, and you can wear the style that you want to wear, and you can you know you can do the whatever else, does the number on the scale matter exactly no if you still can't do the so things that you want one to thing do real quick i got chris on my side by the way he's talking <laughs> about change in behavior and changing what you do to create a certain outcome of what you're really trying to expect i just want to say that <laughs> he, he that's, knows. What, that's what i, I was saying <laughs> was thing one's poking thing two oh, uh, it's oh, happening oh wait a minute this just turned into a whole different podcast <laughs> oh, no. No. so so moving like so continue on continuing on with this now all right, let's go ahead and go around the round table. And, and actually, so what are some of the ideas or some of the ways that you've created change for yourself to seek out a better outcome in your current, you know, past year or life? And like I said, like, or just anecdotal experience behind that. I would like, Brooke, what, what was something from like you? I already need time. I can go to Chris because I'm pretty sure he has something. He does. He looks like he's literally to say. Let's start over there right now, Chris. (laughs) Just circle back to me. (laughs) He's over there literally like chewing on his hand. (laughs) Come on, Chris. You go first, buddy. Yes. 
All right. So th- this is this is going to sound very Jedi <laughs> Buddhist monk, but no. but honestly this this is how it worked for me, right? The greatest change that I experienced in my life was when I just didn't really try to change anything. Right? Now let okay. me explain. No, no, yeah. Right. Like until I call, I'm one, of, one of one of the things that I tell at least my athletes when when they come into the gym, um and whenever I, I try to coach them, and, and everyone walks into a gym with a different reason, right? People people bring with them. I I like to use the analogy: people bring their own weight with them into the gym, yep. and then they add weight onto the barbell. That's deep, right? That's and, deep. And and what and what I try to tell people is that the more shit you carry with you into the gym, the heavier that barbell is ultimately going to become, right? And the weight that you're carrying with you right now is usually some negative sense of self that you're bringing into the gym. If you're coming into the gym you know, feeling like you have something to prove, feeling like you're not good enough, feeling like, you know, whatever, 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 right? That barbell is going to get really, really heavy, really fast. And you know what? You're probably going to be the first one to quit because you're bearing more weight than you should. I'll, like the, the the weird thing, like like the human dilemma and the human problem that we come into is constantly being confronted with being at peace with where we are, but nonetheless trying to achieve a better state than where we are right now, right? Yeah. Because on one hand, we're saying, yes, you are good enough. You are wonderful just as you are. But here's this laundry list of changes that I want to make, right? So, so this balance of being fully appreciative of who we are right now, but nonetheless, you know, seeking out these changes, seek out the changes from a place of, of a positive outcome. Uh, well, of a, of a place of love. Yes. Of, of, yeah. of goodness, of you know, yeah. like, don't like, hate who you are. Like, here's the thing. If I, you know, if I, if I miss a lift, right. Oh, and, well. and, and we've, we've all been there. Yep. My day should not be impacted by me failing to meet my own expectation in the gym, right? Because a lift is just a lift. When I've, when I've started to add expectation and weight to my barbell that doesn't need to be there, that's when it starts to impact my mood. That's, that's like one of the one reasons they're like, well, Chris, like you're like a coach. Like, what's your favorite sport? I'm like, well, I like a lot of sports. Like, well, who's your favorite team? I'm like, I'll be honest. I do not follow. (laughs) And I'm like, like, well, why don't you follow like football or baseball or hockey or whatever? I'm like, listen, he doesn't believe in that false ideology. I'm like, I'm like, we live, we literally live in a culture where grown ass men and women think that they can impact a team's victory by one, the type of clothing that they wear. I totally have lucky underwear for football games. I do. And I'm like, and I'm like, I'm like, what the hell? (laughs) Get him, Brooke. Get him. And I'm like, but then again, we also have people whose moods will actually be impacted by their team's loss. Like their team loses on Sunday and they are grown ass men and they're like, oh man, I'm just in a shitty mood because the the wives know to stay away. And I'm like, and I'm like, this is, this is like, this is just not healthy. Right. And we, we've placed such a premium on some of these things that really just don't carry over into whole. I mean, like, it doesn't you know, add value to my life. No, it doesn't. Like being. Yes. Wait, say that again. It doesn't add value to my life. Right. If it doesn't add value to your life, it probably shouldn't be there. I'm That's the your first tonight. step. You want to cut the fluff. Start there. Yes. So I guess to, to ultimately answer your question of, you know, where, what was the most, you know, impactful change and, and resolution or whatever that I've made in my life is literally trying to just be at peace with who I am and let, let my catalyst for change 
come as needed. I mean, do I need to be healthy? Yes. Does being healthy mean I have to pick up eight? If, if I can't deadlift 800 pounds, does that mean I'm not healthy? No. You know, when I, when I, when I realized when it came to the activities and this was, this was really the big turning point, especially in my training was when I realized like the limiting factor of my ability to do the things that I love doing, like mountain biking and rock climbing and jujitsu and all that stuff. It wasn't the fact that I couldn't back squat or snatch to, you know, 50 or whatever. It was the fact that I didn't have the technique that allowed me to express my strength in that given domain, right? If I add 50 pounds to my back squat, unless my rock climbing technique improves, I'm not going to become a better rock climber, right? And, and I had to like basically re-square up my goals to understand what exactly I was working towards, right? Like I'm not going to say, oh, I want to be a better human being, therefore I'm going to lose five pounds, there's no correlation to weight and being a better human being. There's a correlation between weight and being a healthier human being, but you're not better or worse as a person based on how much you lift, based on what you look like, based on how much you weigh, right? So understand what your goal is actually getting at. And, and I think if you do that, you're going to set yourself up for success in the long term because you know what you're working towards, right? Because because the problem that a lot of people and the reason why people burn out in their New Year's resolutions is like, oh, okay, I'm going to be a better person in 2019. I'm going to start with losing five pounds. I love and then, your voiceovers, by the yeah, way. Yeah, they are my favorite. And they are actually <laughs> the really what, Can we go back to the Western one, though? Yeah, can you talk to the Western <laughs> one, please? Like, I want to be better than the other guy, so I'm going to lift 500 pounds because that's going to make me better than the other guy. Now, to be fair, in competition, that's exactly why. Well, in, in a, in a, and if your goal is a competition, yes. But it, like, if we're... You don't, But don't tie it to your purpose to who you're trying to correct. be. Correct. No. Like, those are different goals, though, too. I feel like each your goals should fit into different different categories perhaps mm -hmm. yeah called, i call it subcategories of yeah. my purpose and that's the yeah. thing it's like i and we and, have treasury ones and, and i focused i focused on me yep. the goal is me right mm -hmm. and 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 when the goal is me everything else just kind of fits into it i mean i i rock climb because i like to rock climb it's pleasurable i'm, I'm not trying to be seeking fucking, pleasure i'm not trying to be chris sharma or alex honnold i just want to you know, and I, I do the things that I do in my life to gain a unique perspective. It's like, it's like Conrad Anchor always said, you know, when people ask him about really like, why, why do you mountain climb? He's like, I do it for the view. Yeah. He, he always doing, he's increasing his worldview or his perspective right. view in what he, he, what, through his passion, through his passion and what he yeah. loves. And my, he and grows as a human through his passion. My ultimate quest, you know, like I said, the, the, the knowledge and the value and the, the things that I place the most emphasis on as a human being is understanding my own limitations. Boom. What right. I what I can and can't do. We're not gonna argue that. We're gonna let that we're gonna leave that in we'll and let, let it soak in. Jamie, how about you? Well I, I do have to disagree a little like bit. It. Okay, go for it. Yeah. Not like for every person, right? But I think that your initial approach, you took it somewhere that I one hundred percent agree with. But your initial approach when you said that you don't need to make drastic changes. Sometimes you need to accept you for who you are and just, you know, don't change anything to change something. Don't change anything that I don't for me personally, if I would have not changed anything when I changed who I was, that would, that never would have happened. I would have continued the same cycle over and over because that's what I was surrounded by. So the only way for me to change who I was I literally changed everything. I sold 
everything I owned and I drove 13 miles where I knew one person and I literally just flipped it on its head. You know, that was the only way that I could remove myself from the choices that I was making because I was surrounded by them. It was just, you're reinforced by them. Yeah. You're just influenced by them all. Like you saw that being pleasurable to someone else and you thought that behavior was an okay behavior. Yeah. And realistically, that was an only okay behavior within that environment that you're in. A thousand percent. So you're like, well, there's not going to happen no change for me here because everyone inside this environment is not changing and they're thinking that this outcome is leading to this they think is a positive behavior. Winners because, win and losers lose. Yeah. So you literally it's were as like, simple as that. The only, you finally realized again, like you said, like you realized, mm-hmm. well, I'm looking around me right now and everybody in this room is not seeking change. And I'm starting to see that this is not healthy for me or I'm not allowed to do this or this is probably illegal. <laughs> right. Like I'm going to be honest. There was parts where I was like, man, what the fuck am I doing right now? Right? There's like, been plenty of situations yeah. where I'm like, I, what, Oh my God. Yeah. Wait, how did I get here? Yeah. And I look how back did at, I get here? Yeah. And now you look back and you're like, God damn, that was what really seriously. Mm-hmm. So I, I like that. I, I do enjoy that a lot. I mean, yeah, I love your point about, it's also about the people you surround yourself with. Cause I've done that where I literally dropped every single person and reinvented myself, I guess per se, you but it's to. true because sometimes there are going to be people where you just got to let them go or they're going to drag you down and they're going to hinder your goals and they're going to throw you off course, whatever that might be. And like, well, and I want to be sure, you know, there's people that I've had to cut out of my life personally, and it's not because they were bad people at all. They're some of the best people that I've met. However, around them, Uh I couldn't be the best person that I needed to be. And so they're not bad people. Some are. (laughs) Okay. But, some are not. They're amazing, genuine, kind people, but I was halted in who I needed to be. And so I had to be a little bit selfish and, and just stop. You know what I'm saying? But I had to be very uncomfortable in order to, 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 to get there. I had to sacrifice and I had to, I had to cut ties and I had to move on. And Your It takes points, a lot of self-awareness yeah. and strength to be able to recognize that. The two points I take out of Jamie right now out of that is she needed to change her environment she was in. So change of environment. We're continuing using that word change. And the second word was going to be selfish and understand that being selfish is not a bad thing in life. Selfish is not a bad thing. It, it's actually probably more of a stronger, powerful, positive outcome for you due to the mm-hmm. fact that it's going to ahead and make you a better human being when you're around everyone else. I think if you can be selfish, but be empathic, that's a winning combination. That. You have to you, understand that. You can't be selfish without being empathic I, because then you you're go. a narcissist, there right? You go, Jamie. Thank you. So in order to, to make being selfish a positive quality, you got to have, you know, empathy. You have to have empathy. You have to it. give back. You, exactly. You right. So it's do like something for other people, right? It's, it's like that selfishness that you're doing is helping you out, but you know, also it's that putting it's putting you in a position to help other people. Right. So once you're, once you've been selfish and gotten yourself to a point where, okay, I've been making good decisions. I'm in a good place. I'm doing good things. Give, give that back. That was the hardest thing for me to realize when I started running, doing ultra marathons, because whoever runs ultra marathons or just long endurance stuff knows that depending on what you're training for and how many miles you're doing, it's you selfish. know, it's selfish because you're putting in 12 to 15 hours a week. Sometimes depending if you're in a peak, if you're not, you're a little bit more or less than that. Yeah. That means you have an hour, two hours, three hours, four hours away from your family on the weekends when you're working eight hours a week. And 
But the thing is, though, is understand this. Working eight hours a week, eight day. hours a day. Eight hours a day. I'm sorry. Yeah, eight George, hours I a want day. your schedule. Yeah, I wish. Um, eight hours. Eight hours a day with you know forty to sixty hours a week. And when we go in and look at that, it's like okay, cool. But that forty to sixty hours a week that you're working, it does not mean that you're being away from your family. You're actually working to support your family. Yeah. So from there, to continue supporting your family, you also have to build in some kind of. I call it my deload for the day. Even though it is like a, even though it's like me training, out doing a training session, it's my time to deload away from the day, right? And, right. And I've talked about this before. I'm not going to go into it, but it's just you're compartmentalizing your day and managing your energy throughout the day. Yeah. So, uh, yes, empathy is huge. That's that's a huge one. Let's go ahead and add that third one in there. Chris dropped yeah. three of them. You have three of them. Let's go ahead and see what Brooke has now. Yeah. Uh, I guess I forgot the original question, I guess. What's kind of like my, what I do for goal setting. Like well, what, what have you done? What have you done for change that you're going to carry over with you into 2019? I recently in the last couple of months did a big kind of reset and I did a lot of journaling to think things through. And I actually decided to start by making a list of the five things in my life I value the most. That's like what's so the smart. most important to me? Grateful. And like, that's where I needed to start to then put in perspective, like what goals, how can I then add more value to these things that mean so much, like the most to me. And, you know, there's different things and it's, I don't think, I mean, health, like valuing my health and being thankful for my health was on there, but it was not the, the biggest thing, right? There's all these relationships with family and friends and other things that play a role. So then I use that as my base to then try and set goals to be, um, just different things like uh, more patient, more present. I really want to work on being more present. And I kind of went through and just made smaller goals to work to. And I actually um, don't really do it in the cycle of the new year. I think I, my seasons of change in my life, I pay attention to more than the seasons of the weather. The calendar, the yeah. Calendar, right. Yeah. Like, you know, right? You have a feeling when you're like, Mm, something needs to change or something happened or something big in your life is changing and you just need to reset. Like I rather use those moments versus a calendar year. Yeah. And again, that's huge. I think that's something that a lot of people don't realize. They're like, Oh, I'm going to go ahead and make this change or the school year's up right now. And maybe I should make the change and do this because this is what I'm doing. If you do it in a positive aspect, you're doing it because you're yeah. trying to help your family out and do everything else, you know? Well, I think that's people that maybe don't take the time to learn about themselves and to have that bird's eye view over their own life, right? So then they go by what everyone else does instead of maybe by their own, I guess, way that they live, you know? Like you, you're like, I know when my seasons are, right? Everyone gives me a hard time because they're like, I can tell when you're going through shit because you change your hair. <laughs> wow. Because oh, that's how God. I used to be. Like I, you know, had a redheaded face. That was probably the scariest. I did. I had black hair, blue streaks. I had streaks, black hair and like, purple hair. And I shaved my head. Yeah. Like, like Britney 2007. There's just something freeing about like <laughs> going kidding. through like the physical change when you're trying to work through the other side of change. Ladies, but, uh, rule number one. When you're going through shit, leave your hair alone. Because yeah, <laughs> I've learned that lesson. My hair has stayed the same. <laughs> leave your hair alone. The hair is staying <laughs> the same. We're not going down that route anymore. No. But I think <laughs> I wish people journaled more. I feel like that's a huge part for me is like journaling and kind of looking and being introspective S brings up some shit. It can be painful, but it's really cool to be able to have that. And then you really kind of guide yourself as to where you need to make the change. You're the one who knows your life. You just need to like sit down and be honest with yourself 
and figure it out. And I swear 90% of the goals people need to be setting aren't necessarily physical goals. You really need to be thinking kind of like bigger picture, um, mental, yeah, mental, emotional, emotional wellness. Yeah. Like your relationships around you. Like how can you, and you'll be a healthier person because of that. Right. So, what I take from that and how I look at that is because everyone has said pretty much everything that I have experienced this whole year, right? We talk about change. We talk about, you know, the aspect of letting, just letting things go, just letting things happen, right? If yeah. it needs to be changed and it needs to be changed, but just letting, letting it happen, right? Like you coming in and talking about people are different, right? We need empathy in there and we need to be selfish sometimes and we need to understand that that selfish act needs to create some kind of outcome that's going to be positive right so if i'm taking this time to myself that means that's me recharging so i can go and put my effort yeah what are you gonna do with it being whatever my purpose is right whatever my purpose is and like you know one thing that i took out of this year was my main purpose is is to be the best father possible yeah and everything underneath that is a sub-purpose my job the events that i like to do I just, you know, all these things, but you know what? Everything that is catered towards that has created this triangle that leads up to my main purpose and being a father. Mm-hmm. Now, if it's not matching up or doesn't fit inside my triangle, it's coming out. Yeah, right? cut the and fluff. We, yeah, exactly, we cut, cut, cut in the fluff. And then I go and look at Brooke and it's like, Brooke just created self-awareness for the, like mm-hmm. literally what happened. Like she finally had that empathy and she understood. She's like, oh man, like I'm not truly happy with myself. Mm-hmm. I need to figure something out. Right. Like that's exactly what happened. And the same thing here. I realized I wasn't happy with myself. December 26 of 2017 <laughs> last year, I was in a very like or no, I'm sorry, two years ago before that, yeah. two years before that. So 2016, I remember sitting there and realizing like, man, I need to fix something and change something. And I'll tell you what, one thing I learned from 2016 to 2007 or 18, right, because that whole year, 2007, 2018, when I learned in that year was it takes a long time. Mm-hmm. So I was super unstable in 2016. Going into 2017, I started realizing I need to start making the right changes. I need to start being more vocal. I need to start being more empathetic. I needed to communicate to somebody. I need to make sure that I'm doing all these things in the positive realm because I want to have a positive outcome. Right. And then all of a sudden, I started noticing going in towards the back end of 2017, I started seeing the stability. You started seeing the payoff. I started seeing the payoff yeah. of the past eight months that I've been working towards this. Yeah. Coming into 2018, and I'll tell you this, 2000, 2018 has probably been the best year I've had, I don't know, for how long. Winners win. And, and, <laughs> and you know what? It's taken almost a year. It took a full year to get me to, or two years now, right? Like I'm sitting going into 2019, and I'm sitting here thinking to myself, man, what do I got to do to not fuck this up now, <laughs> right? Because I'm in this stable position. It's like, what do, what do we do, and how do we, and it's, again, it's like, okay, cool. Going back to the same point, I need to look, at back, look back and, okay, what, what actions did I do to create a negative impact that kind of was helping me teach me lessons so that I can utilize them now in 2019 to be like, all right, cool, this is what I need to do. And and the last thing is understand that like everyone's an individual. We're completely different. Like what's working for us might not work for you. Right. You are unique just like everyone yeah. else. And it comes down to You're it comes down to snowflake. Well, it comes <laughs> down to this, right? Like, you know, Jamie said it perfect. She's like, not everybody's the same. Completely everyone's different. Right. Like we look at rock climbing. I had my buddy Chris Way text me the other day and we're talking about it. And I was like, he was I showed him a video of me doing something. He was like, oh, try doing this. And at the end, of, at the end of him, like giving me directions, he was like, at the end of the day, man, he's like, it's just about finding your own way up the wall. Mm-hmm. 
And I was like, that's some deep shit. I was like, I was like, that was a life lesson right there. I was like, Roger that. And like, I carried that. I was like, okay, cool. I just learned something like that is huge. Right. Huge. And I mean, that's, Literally applicable to every person. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Knowledge bombs by George. I'm dropping them all night tonight. But that was, I was just like, wow. I was like, all right, cool. And like, and, and I continued, I got the route, right? Because I, I took his advice, but I also. Made it work for you. Made it work for myself. I yeah. took what I learned from all these other experiences and the information I was getting. Yeah. And I made it fit into my triangle that let yeah. me climb to the top of that mountain. Well, and you know what? I think there's a bigger point there too. If, if we're going to circle it back to fitness and softly and everything else is like you can be coached, right? But a great coach is going to teach you how to do it for yourself. So whenever you do learn these lessons or whenever you see something happening, make it applicable to you and then learn from it, right? So if you hire a coach and you are doing the training, don't just do it right? What are you going to learn from it? How is it going to make you a better athlete if all you do is regurgitate the information that you were giving? But if you can internalize it, study it, make it your own, you are going to come out so much farther ahead, right? Yeah. And you'll be able to give that back it's in some capacity. Some way because you took something with you. Yeah. Man, that was a, you have anything, Chris? You know, I, uh, man, we talked about a lot, but you know, when I think what I did did promise a quote from the alchemist. If you guys don't read, you definitely should. Um, it's like free life lessons from the eyes of other people. But you know, when you are loved, you become better. When you become when you become better, everyone else around you becomes better. And that was a quote from the alchemist. So if you guys don't read that book, I highly recommend it. So good. Add it to your 2019 reading list. Um, yeah. yeah. Thanks. I'll, first off, I know this is probably a longer show than we usually do, so thank you for listening. If you did go to the end of it, um, I enjoy shows like this. I'm not gonna lie to you. I like sitting here talking for a couple hours. So, it's, what do you think the final what the what the final consensus is on New Year's resolutions? Is it are they bullshit? Are they well, are they not? I, I mean, that's oh. like I said. I if mean, what's the answer here? If you're waiting, I think. I, the, the I say yes. I'm going to put it out there. Yeah, well, I vote yes. I think this should be a time, transformative every day thing. The time not a one is day now. Of the year. Literally, the time is now. If you don't know where to start, start looking behind. Start looking back into the year that you just had and figure out like what were the mistakes that happened that put me where I'm at right now. Yeah. That's, that's it. And then build from there. And then make your New Year's resolution because I'm going to believe on New Year's resolutions because I'm going to say that I want to be a different person in 2020. Ooh. And when I say different person, I mean by like growing, you know. And I was gonna say that's lofty, internally lofty. growing. Internally, right. I wanna, Internal I wanna, growth. I, wanna, I got you. I, I want to change. I want to be able to like know that I can change the behaviors that I did in 2018 in 2019 to go into 2020 and be able to see that. That is my New Year's resolutions. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris. Chris. You know, I, I live my, my gym, my gym, my fitness principles are generally summarized by one statement. And that was what was Gandhi's clean and jerk. <laughs> think, well, think what was it. his stone lift? Think about it. For okay. A what was his stone lift though? Yeah. But just if you, if you, if you, did, <laughs> you can, you can substitute anything. But the point is, was that it just doesn't matter. It, you're true. It doesn't matter. So anyways, I, uh, with that. How about, well, we, Jamie, how about you, Jamie? What? Do you believe in New Year's resolutions? I believe in the concept. I don't believe that they need to be dictated by a calendar. Boom. Cool. So we have a... Uh, nice. Up. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, thank you for listening. 
Till next time. Till next time. Oh, by the way, Happy New Year's. (laughs) 